0: So you're a huge fan of Atlanta United,
1: and you want Dave to give you the latest insights to our tactics.
0: Pineda five in the back? Are you kidding me? Or maybe you can't f and believe we signed Don Dwyer, and you want to hear Mikey Dobbs rant about it.
1: Well, you've come to the right place.
0: I'm David Katz, and I'm Mike Dobbs, and this is, is the, the ATL on, on Fire podcast.
1: podcast. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire. In fact, it's our 59th podcast, Dave. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, thank Have you. Have we got- been alive that long? <laughs> <laughs> Feel older every day. Okay. Fair. Yeah, we're joined uh, by Carmen, the producer off off the screen, but uh, helping us move along. And every one of us is wearing a US soccer jersey or US uh, spirited. Why shirt.
0: is that, Mikey Dobbs? Why?
1: Well, I think uh, <laughs> we we want to get into uh, ten days away, Dave, to the oh, World Cup. Oh, right, yeah, right, right, okay, right. <laughs> yep. fair, Yep. All right. But before we do that, uh, I want to say thanks for bringing another bottle of wine. What are we What do we have? It's having a Barolo, here? Italian. Ooh, yeah. I haven't even really had a, a full sip here.
0: Yeah.
2: Loving in that, honor
0: man. let's let's just say in honor of when the US first qualified for the World Cup after we forget about 1950 but in the modern era when we qual- first qualified for the World Cup in 1990 in Italy
1: excellent
3: all right very good
0: and we did not i won't mention that it required a last second goal from Paul Caligiri in Trinidad and Tobago for us to I qualify don't
3: know. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. Say. I was.
0: I was watching that match, believe it or not. Really? I like yeah, couldn't get it in New York. No, 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 yeah, on just, TV. <laughs> it
3: was in Trinidad, and I was a kid. Well, I thought you said you were going to bring an Italian wine to recognize that Italy is nowhere near this coming World Cup.
0: Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Sorry mm. about that. Sorry. do need and, to mock them.
1: <laughs> well, on the on the topic of spirits, we also. Need to maybe shift and have a beer every once in a while, Dave, because you know what? Very nice. We got a new sponsor. I'm going to go with, I don't always drink beer, but when
0: I do, I drink Wild Heaven. That's correct. (laughs) Wild Heaven
1: Brewery. And uh, if you're not familiar with uh, Wild Heaven, um, it's a brewery here in Avondale Estates. Fantastic. They also have a brewery that they um, open maybe year and a half or so ago in West End. So oh, really? I didn't know that yeah, was the
2: second one.
0: That's awesome. Two
1: locations, yeah. And uh, dog-friendly. They typically have food up there. Um, nice indoor-outdoor space uh, here in Avondale. I States. have to say, I haven't
0: been to the brewery, but I do love their beer. The emergency drinking beer? EBD. Really good.
1: Yeah, we wouldn't take on a sponsor we didn't fully back. So <laughs> Many times. <laughs> we have no problem. We've already backed them. Yeah.
0: We've already drank more than
1: our sponsorship. <laughs> so there you go. So, yeah, if you guys haven't made it there, um, two locations. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, what else is happening, Dave? I'm working on a new logo. Um, I've put kind of like the beta version online um, for the most part. I think the poll says people are liking it. Uh, I only got one terrible or F on the poll that I took okay. on the one that's out there now, that's which impressive. means it, it's at least a real poll. Like people are being honest, right? Like I yeah, would an somebody gives are uh, being real. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel good about it unless somebody oh. was a hater. So somebody has yeah. got better design skills and is like, I know it's not <laughs> Twitter you're... unless there's a hater out there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, come on
1: <laughs> now. What else? Uh, we are committed fully to the U S soccer coaches conventions. Now we booked our flights after uh, our last podcast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about that um, and remind sure. our listeners?
0: Okay, so, um, you know, this is our disclaimer about the, uh, the U.S. Soccer Convention. Um, you don't want to miss the 2023 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia from January 11th to the 15th. The convention is the largest gathering of soccer coaches, administrators, and fans in the world. Only at the convention can you attend sessions crafted with your coaching level and desired topics in mind. Presented by world-class educators, our collection of over 200 lecture sessions and field demonstrations will offer every coach something to bring back to their own training sessions. Even me, Mikey Dobbs.
1: Heck yeah. (laughs) All right, come learn from... And me, I'm coaching under eight. All right. (laughs) There you
0: go. <laughs> Come learn from Amanda Vandevort, president of the USL Super League, Anthony Flores, youth technical director of the Philadelphia Union, Becky Burley and Brat uh, Ledbetter um, from What Drives Winning, Laura Harvey, head coach of the Olympic Rain. Uh, dan abrahams world-renowned sports psychologist and more presenters will be announced in the months leading up to the convention so visit www.unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org to register before the next price
1: increase excellent yeah and i was watching uh some kind of sizzle reels from the last couple uh coaches conventions uh one in, i think um uh uh, St. Louis, maybe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, and I want to say it was Kansas City. Kansas City, sorry, yeah, uh, and and also there was one previously in Philadelphia as well. So this thing looks like a big deal. We are going to uh, rub shoulders. Well, with if some, we're going to be, there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are going to rub shoulders. Carmen, us. what do
0: you think? If we're going to be there, it's a big deal, right? Huge, yeah. huge, huge. Well, yeah, there you go.
1: No, but I I am excited. Uh, we we have to figure out how we're going to play the logistics of maximizing the time. To, uh, you know, figure out who we can interview and, and that type of thing. So, we talk about it all so we can do it all. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and we teased it at the beginning, but boy, they dropped it uh, on ESPN, I guess, bought the rights to the U.S. men's national <laughs> team roster. Like, and made a whole production out of it that was a little overboard. But uh, they flew in like half the team yeah. right. or maybe a third of the team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh Dave, what did you think about uh, the announcements of, of the starting? Was it 26 players? That yeah, it?
0: 26. It's uh, um, increased. Normally, the rosters are only 22 yeah. or 23. Yeah, um, but right. it's increased, and that's presumably because there are five subs in the World Cup this year.
1: Yeah. And they are probably just arriving and unpacking in their rooms right now. I think they flew out uh, today, right? Yeah. So, um, they're They've, already
0: in Qatar, you mean? I believe so, wow. yeah.
1: They were um, mentioning that they were about to get on a plane this morning. So, okay. Which makes sense. We were 10 days away uh, from the opening game, which is November 20th, and I'm assuming that's the host Qatar versus somebody, and I don't even know who that is. But uh, Yeah, the
0: host always plays in the first game.
1: And we play Wales on, what, the 22nd? Is that right? I mean, how come we
0: couldn't draw Qatar in our group? That's a, well, they have like 12 people in the whole country. What's the, I mean, it's like the size of Avondale State. But you're
1: really good at these stats, Dave, is, (laughs) and I don't know if it's like, yeah, FIFA, like, you know, paying off the refs, like almost every host nation makes it out of their group, like statistically, right?
0: Yeah, they've, I, um, I think for a long time, it was every single one. Right. I feel like South Africa didn't. Did they not
1: get out? That may be right. I think that might be right. They may have been the first that didn't. I I think you see, I knew I'd go to the big mine. But yeah, but statistically, everybody
0: assumed it was going to be the US in 94, and we did get out of our group. Yeah.
1: Now, what was the biggest shock to you on the announcement of the 26th?
0: The whole dang roster is a shock, Mikey Dobbs. Okay. I mean, there's shocks throughout. It might as well be. You know, <laughs> a well, field mine of shock.
1: yeah. So there's there's certainly shocks just right out of the gate from the goalkeeper announcement. Do yeah. mm. so you want to start there?
0: Start with the goalkeepers,
1: right? Um, your your boy Sean Johnson got picked. Yeah. Um, so
0: I, I actually have said that I think I might be inclined to start Sean Johnson, but and this might be a theme of what I'm about to get to. I would not have picked John Johnson or be inclined to start him having not used him at all in qualifying or anything else. Right.
1: I mean, that's the funny thing about a lot of these choices is that all this time we've had, it's like he went through and then just was like, Nope, these guys aren't cutting it. So in the last, you know, several months, he's had a change of heart on people That he is given a lot of runway to. It's almost like he looked at the roster for the first
0: time, (laughs) deciding to make the decisions and was like, "Um, okay, now I'll make my decisions.
1: So Zach Steffen is not one of our goalkeepers going to to Qatar. We've got Sean Johnson, who you presume is, you know, this third or second Ethan Horvath, or how do you pronounce it? Horvath. Horvath. And then I'm assuming Matt Turner is our starter. Um, and, you know, wow. I really would have thought given all the lead up that he had trusted, you know, Zach Stefan to be the, starter. so we
0: really only played two goalkeepers ever in the last year or so. I know people will say, Oh, Evan and Horvath did make one emergency appearance. Yes. But by and large, we really only played two goalkeepers in any match that mattered. Um, and that was Turner and Zach Stefan. So, a hundred percent guaranteed that it's gonna be Turner and Stefan on the plane to Qatar, um,
1: and yet no, and right? What, what do you think about this? Like, I mean, I, I was thinking about this today, right? Zach Stefan clearly was on the bench too long at Man City. Yes, needed to be playing. I agree, um, but I feel like he made a hasty move to go to Middlesbrough. I think is where he is now.
0: Yes, Mm -hmm. in the championship.
1: And he did that with a short timeline to prove that he wanted to get minutes and could be the starter. Right. That is messing with his career because I feel like Zach Steffen was at Man City, the biggest club in the world or in the top five right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But right now it is the hottest club in the world. Sure. Maybe not the – the Certainly, best, they're
0: probably the top team in the world,
1: right? Yeah, now. I mean, Erling Holland is just setting it on, <laughs> setting it on fire, literally. And so, I, I, I'm, you know, and then there's, uh, he's not the only example where players shifted to you know, Ricardo Pepe, I think, is another example. Sure. Where they are making club decisions to, you know, presumably prove that they're, you know, game worthy for the.
0: Which is never a good idea. Yeah. I mean, see, Walker Zimmerman is example A, right? You you don't need to <laughs> just play well.
1: <laughs> True. But the other thing is like with the Zach Steffen play well. I don't know. Like, why, why would you use that against somebody who clearly on, on paper is our best goalkeeper? Well, so here's the thing. And right? in reality, probably as well. Here's the thing.
0: Right. So so you I can completely understand. In fact, I'm super for that. You don't really want to have a goalkeeper being your starting goalkeeper who's not playing. You don't want a guy who's sitting on the bench. You want a guy in rhythm who's playing all the time. I get that. Right. So in my opinion, if you believe that as a coach, then Zach Steffen should not have been in any of the qualifiers. He wasn't playing at all for Man City. So if you think that you have to be a starting goalkeeper to be on that plane to, ke- to Cutter, um, and we can talk about yeah, the ha- name of the Have
1: country. an honest conversation with Zach Steffen, too, to be like, hey, probably not going to include you if you're going to be in the bench. And he should, could have done that, way before it became yeah but
0: instead he plays him when he wasn't playing and then he goes switch to clubs. so now he is playing and then he doesn't get included
1: on the roster what the f but but that's my (laughs) but that's my point if 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 greg berhalter's philosophy was i'm not going to start you if you're not playing then he should have been real clear with his players about that
0: yeah and to be honest with you right the guy who's going as our number one right uh he ain't playing either
2: Right. He's not
0: even sniffing the field. He didn't even, they played in a cup match on this midweek, and he didn't even play in the cup match.
1: He was on the the bench. He he didn't start, right? He
0: didn't even start the cup match. Really? Really? I mean.
1: But was that because of the World Cup, you think? Well. To be fair.
0: People said, oh, it's because he's injured or something. But he was on the bench, so he clearly could have played. Right, right? The, And he's fine enough to go to the World Cup so he can play. But, I mean, right?
1: my, my point is, is one game at this point going to make a difference when the World Cup's 10 No, 10 but what away?
0: that proves is that he is absolutely not even close to a starter. Right? Because if right. he was even close to the starter, they would have started him in the cup match, right. at yeah. least. Right? He's not playing at all. There's only one goalkeeper, right? I mean, I guess... Uh, so Ethan Horvath is starting, but it's it's not in a top team. It's for Luton Town, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not even is Luton Town a championship team? Or they're is championship. It
1: a, yeah, they're a they're typically at the top of the but table. The championship. In any
0: case, they're not a Premier League team. The only one who's starting, you know, who's been starting religiously is Sean Johnson, and I get that. So if you're like, okay. And I would have said this. I would have said, look, you're not going to be the U.S. national team goalkeeper unless you're starting and playing all the time. I need a guy who's in rhythm and is in form. And so I would have said in the qualifiers, Sean Johnson's my starting goalkeeper, right? Because he's the only one who's playing. I would have said, "Sai Zach, Stefan, you were amazing, but you made a choice to go to Man City and you're sitting on the bench. So get off the bench somewhere or you're not going. Yeah. Right. Period. Right. And I would have said to Matt Turner, OK, you know, and he was playing when he was in the US in the qualifiers. He was playing in in MLS. But I would have said, if you go to Arsenal and you go straight to the bench, which is what I think is going to happen to you. Bye bye. You're not on the plane. Yeah.
1: And you know what I would have done if I was Turner? What? Bye bye. I'm going to Arsenal because that's the right career move. You know, it's not. It is because he's not playing. Dude, at any moment. The starting goalkeeper, and I forget his name for Arsenal. Um, yeah, I'm could could him. go down or go on, go in bad form. i mean, he's been playing great, but that's how you that's how you make a big name for yourself when you get to a big club. I'm sorry, like you don't turn down Arsenal, you don't turn down Man City, which is why Zach Stefan went there. I would have. Well, I think it's a bad. I would
0: have said if Zach Stefan goes and he went to a lower premier league team he would have walked right into the starting job he can earn himself goalkeeper of the year and then you transfer to a club that needs a goalkeeper like chelsea right yeah. and you walk in as the starter there like be smart about it don't go compete against ederson the best goalkeeper in the world that's just ridiculous
1: so you're saying he should have kicked out uh, like uh, pickford yeah, go challenge Pickford. <laughs> you know, he's, is he actually going to be the England? That was a that was a, a dig at England. Uh, yeah, he's he be the starting goalkeeper yeah, for England. So, yeah, Turner can even taken though his it job. should I mean, absolutely
0: be um, uh, Pope who's Ooh, a better goalkeeper, be better. right?
3: Yeah. Well, Elliot's helping us out. Elliot's listening to us streaming. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, Ramsdale. Yes, He's the Arsenal keeper Ramsdale. That's right. Uh, I, that yeah.
1: I should have remembered that for the the all or nothing documentary. Right. Yeah. The yeah.
3: young guy and his parents were there, and yeah. I, was, I felt their goalie parent. Yeah. But okay. So the only
0: justification for what he did, which is to leave Zach Steffen at home, is and people are bringing this up right. Um, they say, okay, well, you don't want to create any kind of controversy. It's sort of like in the NFL justification, you never want to carry two quarterbacks. It's always a problem, right? Two quarterbacks who are the starters, basically, right? Because nobody's ever happy. So Zach Steffen as the not starter is going to be in this scenario miserable, and he's going to bring the team down, right? Yep. Here's my problem with this, okay? Here's my problem. If Zach Steffen is the second best player, right? then what happens? That's all good and well, as long as Matt Turner stays healthy. If Matt Turner gets injured or he gets COVID or whatever, right? Then now you're saying that we left the other guy home just for squad, you know, morale. I'm like, if It would be one thing if, if Zach Steffen were, had been constantly bitching or whatever and had been you know, bad for morale on the team. I haven't heard anything about that. Nobody has said anything about that, right? So to me, it's just another example of the only reason I can think of, and if that's true, Burhalter is just overthinking stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, like I said, I'm a big fan of bringing your most talented players, and that's, you know, Zach Steffen.
0: And if you're going to make that decision, right? So if you decide, like if you're like, look, I'm going to have a starting goalkeeper and I want a true number one and I don't want him to feel pressure from my number two so that he's panicked or worried about who's going to start what match, right? Then you make your decision and you make it in qualifiers. You make it in the run-up. And so you say, all right, I'm going to go with Matt Turner. And you don't let Zach Steffen be part of the equation at all. Yeah, right? Because what cuz you know, if you think about this whole argument that Zach Steffen is going to be a problem if he's there and he's not a starter, the other problem is, you know, if you're a guy on the US national team and you've played on a lot of good teams, right? If you were in qualifiers and you had two goalkeepers who were competing all the time and they had your back. They were your guy. They they basically played even in the qualifiers, right? And you then went to get on the plane for Cutter, right, and the coach dropped one of them, you'd be like, you know, give him the finger. Like, what are you doing to our guy? That's not squad morale.
1: Yeah, that's what just happened.
0: Yeah, you'd be pissed off. If you were one of the players on the plane, you'd be like, this guy worked his butt off for us in qualifying. He slept from Manchester City all the way to freaking South America to playing qualifiers, and this is what your reward is for that?
1: I like it. I feel like we should have had a fire button there. I
3: was <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked by the flicking off motion. I was like, that might I be know. enough. That I might know. be enough. That was your signal. That <laughs> was your bad. signal.
1: <laughs> I wasn't ready. He's right.
0: basically given the finger to one of the players who has been part of the squad. Yeah. And so.
1: And he's you know, like, oh, Sha- without any Sean, reason. Ethan, I know you guys haven't really been much of the yeah. play, the build up. Sure, come on. Come on the plane. Yeah. Okay goalkeepers there's there's greg's philosophy on that we I think we checked that box now we're going to go to the back line yeah. which unfortunately is a little decimated in the center back role you knew walker zimmerman was going to be a, a lock right um dest and i think anthony robinson on the right and Jedi left. robinson yeah jedi mm-hmm. and uh, and those
0: uh, were locks right? yeah
1: those are all kind of locks right so the the big question is you know, we, we saw a lot of Aaron Long. Was he going to cut it? Um, was it Tim Ream ended up making it as well as Aaron Long? Vickers, and uh, who else am I um, leaving out of the back? So
0: here? they got Joe Sc- Scali. Yeah, I like that.
1: That's a good pick in my mind.
0: Shaq Moore, DeAndre Yedlin are the other yeah. defenders on the plane. Yeah, you
1: had to bring Yedlin. He's one of our only yes. veterans, right? Um, yep.
0: Yedlin's an automatic. But I mean, obviously. Um, why Why is Long
1: coming? Long's going to be the starter. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Reem is going to be next to Zimmerman to start. Really? It's be, I, I agree you with you. That? I think it's that's gonna probably what's going to happen. But it's going to be Des, Reem. The problem Zimmerman with Reem is Robert.
0: that he likes to play this high line, and Reem's 35 years old. And again, if. <laughs> And this is my this is my you know my rant if you will right. Um, if you are Greg burhalter right, and you are going to ultimately make the decision to bring Long and Ream as your options right, you would think that Long and Ream would be in every squad that you could have picked. You know, even for example, when we had Miles Robinson, they would be the second guy behind him, right? Not only were they not that way, right, but even in this latest round when we were in uh we played again we got annihilated by Saudi Arabia and yeah. Japan it was terrible they didn't even be in the squad Yeah What What in the world so the moment that Miles Robinson went down and he had clearly secured the 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 spot it was yep. Zimmerman and Robinson were the clear pair right The moment he went down as a coach, you're thinking, all right, I got to get a replacement. Maybe I'm going to fiddle around and whatever. But all the guys who are candidates, they better be in every single camp and they're fighting for the spot. And I maybe try a couple of things, but I can only try for a certain amount of time. As we get closer, the months, whatever, I got to have the two guys. I got to stick with them and they got to be set right now. Nobody is set.
1: Is this signs of good coaching? It's signs of horrible coaching. Because, okay. you know, a lot of people just like to crap on Burholder. I think these are good examples of why people should be crapping on Burholder Because I, ne- I don't really ha- – I never, like, out of the gates, like, people had a bad – like, they were already ready to throw errors at the guy. But now, especially with the examples of what you just said with Zach Steffen – you drag him along, and then you're like, <laughs> last second, see ya. You all of a sudden, you know, bring Ream in out of the blue when you had chances, you know, in this last little leg against Japan. And before Japan you go and, and
0: say, oh, yes, he did play one qualifier, played in the, I think it was the very first qualifier, and then never made. Yeah, they said any, it was like El Salvador never made like any squad yet. No, we're not talking about playing. I'm not even talking about playing. He didn't even make the squad for any of the other qualifiers or the the recent things, right? So, and people say, okay, you know, well, yeah, but he's been playing well. He's playing in the Premier League and Fulham, you know, they're a ninth place team or whatever. Okay, but you cannot go into a World Cup and put two guys next to each other for the first time. Yeah. Right? That is a recipe for disaster. I mean, how many people get out of their group with two center backs who have never played
1: together? Yeah. So, with that in mind, do you think we? – It doesn't even matter because might as well play them together out of the gates if that's your best option. There's no point in like putting Long in against Wales and realizing well, not that to he's mention go. You it know, like
0: it doesn't fit his system at all, right? So he plays a really high line, and the one thing that so people said, all right, well, Tim Ream is playing really well, right? He is playing well for Fulham, right? Fulham has a low, like, what's the lower than low block? Like, when the guys are sitting and they never, they never, you know, they go basically from their own 18, maybe to 10 yards outside right. their 18, and then they go back to the 18. That's where he plays, right? When you play that way,
1: at 35, when
0: you play that way, <laughs> that works. You don't need pace at all because there's only 10 yards to. To cover yeah right you you may have to retreat from your own 18 back to your six but then you go back to the 18 right when you play a high line like burr wants to play and you have your back guy you know past midfield now ball over the top he's a 40 yard sprint one-on-one right and i heard people saying so i heard so i heard people saying okay you know he's playing well at full and that makes sense he's playing in a completely different system people yeah. right so unless you're going to switch to doing that if you want to sit back with him then he'll do well
1: he's <laughs> not going to do well in a high line who would you have looked at early on 6 8 10 plus months ago not knowing miles robinson and uh who was it richard's is now out as well yeah
0: the big one was yeah um richards was a surprise people thought he was going to be back but he played mckenzie in a whole bunch of matches yeah. who's younger he's and out whatever. Too. And, but he's not he he's out he didn't make the squad but he's not hurt he's right. healthy right so i know he's prone to mistakes right and you say that or whatever but okay so keep playing him make get all the mistakes out if that's the guy you decided on yeah right or you know cameron carter vickers who is this you know captain and 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 starter for Celtics people are like oh that's a good pick he's playing really well I agree but it's not a good pick since he's never been in a world cup qualifier ever he has yeah. never he's only played in like 3 US matches he didn't even come into the last camp right, right? so that's what makes it a terrible pick if even if you decided Right. That, okay, you know, we got to find the replacement. If he's one of the candidates, he needed to come in and get a shot in a world cup qualifier.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, you have to, and you say, all right, well, he wasn't, you know, the captain yet. He wasn't starting for Celtic, whatever. He still, he was starting for Celtic last year, but even regardless of all of that, Right? You cannot make a World Cup team based on your form in the first month of the season. And that has nothing to do with whether you're playing really well. It has everything to do with you have to be part of the team. There is no player on this planet who can walk into a team and suddenly be comfortable and play your best when you've never played in that team before. Yeah, I mean, every player, as we know, who's ever transferred takes time to settle. The best players in the world ever probably take three months to settle right many of them take a year to settle right you think that suddenly tim ream or carter vickers are going to settle in like two weeks of training without any matches
1: well they've got to figure it out against wales let's keep going but you know what else got left behind dave what the barolo I'll be right back. <laughs> all right.
0: So I keep going. Yeah, so the other thing that I that I that I'm going to also bring up, you know, courtesy of Atlanta United, I think that um, you know, the US national team strikes me as a lot like Atlanta United in that we all of our mega talent, right, is all in the in the middle and the front line, right? And so again, if that's your team, right, you don't need a back line that's going to go forward all the time. And, and, you know, I think Jedi Robinson is actually pretty good. He plays well defensively and goes well forward. Serginho Dest, whenever we've seen him, has been terrific going forward and suspect defending, right? So Mm -hmm. in my opinion, I would have said, okay, right, you know, again... I would have looked at my squad and said, what is the strength? What are we going to do? And I say, my strength is what we haven't talked about yet, the midfield and the forwards. And I would have just been looking to put together a back four that can just play and blank everything, right?
1: Okay. So let's, do you want to move on to midfield then? Sure. Um, so I, I guess we've got, is it uh, Jordan Morris? Is he, or is He's he more forward. of a forward? More of a forward. So it's... uh it's Roldan then. Was yeah, Roldan
0: was the controversial, right. you know, sort of pick. But, um, you know, so the midfield picks itself, and I don't think anybody was surprised by any of the picks – Right. So the starting midfield three that he's been going with all the time, right, is Tyler Adams, defensive midfield, Musa, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Weston McKinney. Right. Right. So those three, you've all got to Excellent figure. players. Yeah. And in my opinion, which I think he's leaned a little bit towards, you know, in a game that you might want to be a little more defensive, like England, maybe you bring in Kellen Acosta to play alongside Tyler Adams. You play two defensive guys and only play one attacker, which presumably would be Weston McKinney. Um and so I think that's all settled. Um, you have a couple of guys who can off the bench change something. So Luca Della Torre, who I really like, can yeah. dribble. He's terrific. Um, uh, and they're listing Brendan Aronson as a midfielder. Um, obviously I think a little he's more better served on maybe yeah, in the forward, forward line, yeah. but you know, whatever.
1: Um so I'm gonna come back to him, but uh yeah. And as
0: far as Christian Roldan is concerned, he's been in a ton of camps. He is a you know, a veteran presence. People really like him. I think when you have a roster of 26, that's a fine pick. Again, not only is he very, un- your 26 player is very unlikely to play, yeah. right? Not as you know, <laughs> is he not likely to play much, but he also brings a presence and he's been around the whole team the whole time. He's been in all the qualifiers.
1: So I know there's some controversies of forwards that didn't make it into the squad. Yes. But what about midfielders? that are left out here. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of, there's people like that you question why Rodon got in, but who who else maybe should have been in? The if, only if he one didn't.
0: is people said Tillman, um, you know, that he's a little more up and coming and he could have been on the plane, you know, to get the experience, you know, Rodon gets the only thing you say about bringing a veteran is that you miss bringing an experienced guy. Um, uh, you miss Mix, you miss bringing on a guy for experience. And so you're building yeah, for the for future. 2026, but if you look at our team, our team is so young, right? We're already bringing a team that you figure is being played in this world cup in order to be awesome in four years. So I don't have any problem. Right. So let Tillman, if he, if he develops yeah.
1: and he's ready, then he'll be the the guy who gets yeah. his experience in that world cup. I agree. Okay. I'm, I'm cool with that. All right. Now the forward position. Um, I think the biggest controversy there was P Falk and uh, P Falk and yep. Pepe not making it. Right. Yep.
0: They didn't make it. And instead, Haji, you got Haji Wright and Jordan Morris, uh, also Jesus Ferreira. But yep. Jesus Ferreira has been in you know a bunch of the teams. Josh Sargent makes it.
1: So Haji Wright's been playing really well. He's playing for a Turkish team, correct? And he's scored nine goals in the last 11 games, but again, hasn't been a part of the process. Yeah,
2: this
0: is what's so nuts. People are like, Haji Wright got clearly got picked over P-Funk at the end, right? Haji Wright's, a, you know, a little bit different. He's, I guess, a little more pacey, and he's big too, but he also can score in the end. He's the kind of guy who can really score goals and might be great off the bench for 10 minutes. So I'm like, great, brilliant. You know, people are saying this kind of a sleeper, brilliant pick. The only reason why it's not a brilliant sleeper pick is Haji Wright in the last calendar year is one of the leading scorers in all of Turkey. He scored like 20-something mm-hmm. goals in the last, cal- you know, f- the last physical year before now, right? If that's the case, he's no longer just hot. He's good. Why in the world was he not in any squad? Why wasn't he picked for a qualifier? Why wasn't he picked for the last call-up? Nothing. Right. Why not give him a part to get comfortable in this team? Why now? And, and you might, because you might say, you know, sometimes a team picks somebody, a guy who is out of nowhere and suddenly gets hot and scores, you know, starts in the Premier League and suddenly scoring all the time and you bring him. Okay. But this guy has been hot for a year and, and still not making the squad.
1: Ricardo Pepe's gone cold, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, because. He's not great. Yeah, and I, you know, he had a, he had a
1: good little run, and so I'm yeah. not I'm not too disappointed. Pepe didn't make it. He played his part in getting us, you know, uh, some wins. I think in the uh, which uh, Mexican game was that that he came in and scored a couple goals or whatever. Yeah, cup that he was. scored
0: like three goals in two games at one point. So he but. had a hot
1: little run there. Yep. But since then, he's really you know tried to prove himself internationally and is. Falling a little bit flat from what I'm hearing, right? <laughs> he hasn't done anything.
0: He's so, not playing anymore. So I don't
1: think. the people are saying, "Why isn't Pepe there?" I'm, I I understand why he's not there, but yeah, the Haji thing and him already having a resume that's been building up for yeah. over over twelve months, and Greg not recognizing that and bringing him into the squad to be a part of it. That's no what I'm sense. saying. I
0: have no problem with Haji Wright being on and, the plane if he's that good. But if he's that good and he's been that good and, for a year, why not be part of the team? And another now? player
1: is Peefock, right?
0: Yeah. peefock has been he's, hot too. He's been hot
1: too. And then you've got Jordan Morris, which in my mind is a tier below both of those. I'm a huge Jordan. Morris fan, by the way.
0: He was amazing until the first the and then second ACL. Two yeah. injuries. So yeah. that, that's I why mean,
1: I'm, I'm rooting for him. But, like, why are you bringing a guy that statistically two ACL injuries? It is moronic. And he's not
0: really scoring in and Seattle I, either. Like yeah. I said,
1: I am a fan of Jordan Morris because he has gone through so much. But we just mentioned two players that clearly should be a part of this team or one of them should be a part of the team in my mind. um, If you have to pick right. Jordan Morris out. One of those two in. And here's Pepe is not in my conversation at all, but here's my other rant.
0: And that, so, Burhalter has been busy ramming a square peg into a round hole, right? We have known for how long, certainly the entire qualifying process, and probably at least a good six months before that, that the U.S. has an amazing attack and no um, recognizable striker okay mm-hmm. right so i mean the guys who are amazing Gio Reyna, right um tim weah right pulisic right i mean aaronson right all of these guys amazing forwards playing at really good clubs legit right the only thing is none of them are recognizable you know number nine classic forward blah 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 right so what he's been doing is continually rotating and ramming a square peg into a round hole okay mm-hmm. so The same thing happened to the coach who I consider to be probably the best coach in the world, right, at Man City, Guardiola. Everybody said he needed a recognizable number nine. He went after um, uh, Kane from Tottenham, and he didn't get him last year. And everybody said, said, you know, look, their season's going to be shot. They can't whatever. They were the leading scorer in the Premier League last year by a mile right with no recognizable forward all he did was say look we've got a million you know not a million I'll exaggerate <laughs> but he's got a whole bunch of players who can all create and score goals and we don't really need a forward we're just going to attack you in a different way that looks i don't know like exactly like the u.s we got pulisic we got aronson we got wea we got geo reina right it looks like a bunch of guys who are more classic you know um playing in behind the nine, you know, attacking players. Why not say, look, admit who we are, admit what we have, figure out a system where those guys can be playing together all the time, get them playing well together in qualifying and stop slamming a terrible forward into that team just cuz you feel like we have to have a forward. Yeah.
1: Do you think that uh Josh Sargent should be on the squad? Given we just talked P. Falk and... If you're uh, ramming a forward peg into
0: a round hole, sure. Right now, he looks like the best of them. Right? He's scoring a lot in the championship. Eh, He's scoring a little bit. I mean, in fairness to him, or in fairness to your maybe signing, when he was in the Premier League, he couldn't score anything. Now, you
1: know... He doesn't seem to be able to score for the U.S. Men's National Team either.
0: Well, the team that he was playing for, not the U.S. National Team, but when he was playing for Norwich, I mean, you know... We said the same thing last week about Al Marone, right? That when Newcastle was just right. sitting back, he never scored. I agree.
1: Like you know, Josh Sargent seems to be playing hard, but out of his best role at, at Norwich City, which is why he just didn't get the numbers. But. Well,
0: I would argue that as soon as Norwich City got relegated and are playing at a lower level, and they're no longer just sitting back in a super low block, and he actually has support, he started scoring again. So all that says is that you can you can say. The classic thing is to want to say he can only score at a lower level against lower defenders. I don't think that's ever true. I don't really think that the defenders in the Premier League are so much better than the championship. I mean, they're better, but not so much. I think a guy who drops down and starts scoring, it's usually because now his team is playing on the front foot and he's getting more chances. And, you know, the classic example of this, people said this for years that Vardy would never be able to score because he was a championship scorer, but he was on a good team finally in the Premier League and he can score all kinds of goals, right?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, well, same with Bamford. When I he's feel in right, like what I mean,
0: I feel like Sargent can score.
1: Yeah. I mean, Bamford's a classic. I mean, he's been cold lately, but he mm-hmm. obviously was hot when Bielsa got him up to the right. Premier League. I mean, that was a guy nobody had confidence in. But when you set the system up to make that guy succeed, right, right boom, there you go. All right. Uh,
0: so I don't have a problem with Sargent. So, in fact, I would say of all the players, if you're going to force someone to play, I mean, so it seems like with this system that that Burhalter is going to force a forward to play. So he's got a choice between Sargent and Ferreira, presumably as the two starters, right and that means that he's only starting Pulisic of the 3 Pulisic, wea and Reyna, he's only starting 2 of the 3
1: so what is what is the tactical strategy you see from greg building up to the world cup like what, what, what st- formation yeah well just it's formation and style of play like like if you were to have identified anything that you would say this is his system or madness or whatever it is like how would you define what you're you've been seeing the last year
0: he likes to play forward really high line and and turn the ball over up front you know a lot of um pressure um i worry because again if you're gonna do that if you're gonna have a pressure system you're the, the key to pressing is having a really really good back line who can match up and who can win one-on-one Which, again battles. is our
1: biggest weakness our biggest like.
0: weakness i mean you know not Liverpool was not turning the ball over and scoring until they got Van Dyke. You know, people said, why did Liverpool start scoring so many more goals? It's because they got Van Dyke. And you're like, well, Van Dyke's a defender. Why does that result in goals? It's because now he suddenly could match up and everything moves up the field. You win the ball more up the field. And guys like Salah and Mane could score when they're getting the ball up the field, right? Um, as soon as they stopped winning the ball up the field, then they got problems again.
1: So... Question: With the roster that we have going to the World Cup, yeah, who is missing from who you would have as your starting eleven if we go into uh, the World Cup two weeks from now or less than two weeks?
0: You know, it's not that I think that somebody is missing. So, so as
1: a starter, right? Because I want to get, yeah. I want to get to Dave's starting eleven. Yeah, and I want to start by: Is anybody missing on this roster? looking back at the last year and the resume of people like P Falk and uh, whomever that you would say, yeah, that guy would be absolutely coming with me right now.
0: I probably would have brought P Falk because he's proven on this team as a last 10 minute guy that he can do it. But I don't really think the roster is, is so bad in terms of who I would have not or would have included or not included. And for example, I think for example, that uh, Cameron Carter Vickers um could be really the answer at center back but he has no chance of being the starting center back because are you going to stick him in the starting back at this point i mean it would be really gutsy to do that right um i think in this formation that he's trying to play tim reen is a disaster and carter vickers has a lot of pace and maybe has a chance to do better in that but he's not going to be the starter so that's my problem
1: Folks, if at some point Reem starts getting beaten over the top, I wonder if Dave's prediction comes true here. We'll see Vickers come in. Uh, well, number a number of people a day laid a dollar short. said
0: to me that, you know, I, I was, you know, listening and I heard some people saying that, um, that, you know, the thing about Tim Reen is he's 35 years old. He's been relegated and promoted. And, you know, he's a veteran presence. If we give up a bad goal, then, you know, he could really calm the team. And I said, yeah, but it's probably him who just gave up the bad <laughs> goal. <laughs> right? So if he wasn't in the team to begin with, you wouldn't need him to calm the team down. Yeah.
1: So starting 11 for Wales in, given the 26 we have. Oh, who's, da- think- who's Dave going with?
0: I think the entire team would pick itself.
1: Um, I'm going to, because I already know it's not, because I have a very, you already know what my curveball on your starting 11 is. So I want to hear your starting 11, and then I'm going to put in my guy who already in the last podcast said was the most important player for the U.S. (laughs) men's national team. 'Cause I doubt he's in your starting eleven unless you throw a curveball back at me. I think he is in my starting eleven. Okay, i love it. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> this messed up my whole setup then. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Agreeing
3: again. <laughs> damn it. Damn it. Damn it.
1: <laughs> okay. Go.
3: Um
0: so, you know, again, I guess the question is right now you're talking about starting 11, not who I would have... You know, for example, I would have built no. Sean Johnson up no, no. over... We're, years. We're, this is... Okay, right This now, is your reality. You are Greg
1: Verholter, You've made your decisions. Okay. You're going to Qatar. Right. You're there right now. They're okay. there right now. All right. Who are we starting against Wales with what, All right. With the team we have?
0: Uh, Matt Turner in goal. Okay. Dast at right back. Walker Zimmerman and... I'm just going to pass. <laughs> um, nope. We'll get back to that. Um, Jedi Robinson at left back. The center midfield is Tyler Adams, Musa and um, uh, Weston McKinney. And the front three are um, Gio Reyna on the left, Pulisic in the center and Aronson on the right. Okay. That would be my starting lineup. And I have no, I mean, it's a, absolute Between disaster long and Ream or vickers honestly i would go with long over ream because even though long is playing worse he's been in poor form and he's not good <laughs> uh, ream doesn't fit that system at all If you're going to play high at all you got to have somebody who can chase somebody and even though tim ream is the better defender he's not the better defender in that system that he's yep. going to play so i wouldn't play that system if i were if I were the coach tomorrow, I would abandon the high line because you're done. Somebody's yeah. going to get behind it.
1: <laughs> so if if I heard you're starting, did you have Weah in your starting lineup?
0: No, I had Aronson. Okay. And I think Weah would be in my my change the game off the bench guy. Okay. I'd play him a lot.
1: You know what's funny is, is I am one player different than you, which – Here's my change in your starting 11. Okay. And I agree, like, the the whole other center back thing is just a toss <laughs> It's a up, disaster. Right? So, and I think everyone would agree with us on that. It's so, an absolute uh, disaster. I I actually might, as the power sub, yeah. take Gio Reyna off, Okay. put Brennan Aronson okay. in, and then and put— And let Reyna be the power sub. And girl. then way is out on the right. And then—because I feel like I see more of uh, Aronson on the left side for oh. Leeds. Okay. More of his comfort— position he's crushing it over there right now let Pulisic like you said be like the 10 in the middle and Aronson's just going to be a fly everywhere I think you have to have him on the field but Tim Weah that dude was born for the World Cup I don't think you can leave him off
0: well to be honest with you I would have said look we got four guys for three spots up front I would I would have abandoned a long time ago, this search for this mythical striker. And and I would have said, we got four attacking players, right? Weah, Aronson, Pulisic, and Gio Reyna, right? And going, which is what we have, they're all in good form. They're all healthy, which is a miracle. Um, Going into this tournament, I would have said, I don't think that it's, I wouldn't, likely to have the same three starting in any of those matches i would rotate them yep. so let's i said Aronson and um Pulisic and reyna in the starting match but in the second game i would probably bring on wea for yeah. uh probably for geo reyna and you would say look Wea is probably a better defensive player against england right and then in the third match You probably then sit Aronson, you know, and you you rotate it around.
1: And I think the good thing is, like, if a Weston McKinney or a Musa get injured, right, like, Mm -hmm. you could at least evaluate Brendan Aronson to just plug in at more of a midfield versus Ford just because he's capable of doing it. And he's so yeah. ta- so talented. So. I
0: wouldn't do that. I would say if one of those guys gets injured, I would go with Kellen Acosta and be a little okay. bit more defensive. Because yeah. I'd rather have a guy who's built to the battles of the midfield. Yeah, I mean, Especially when you think about our back line, the center back pairing is going to be a catastrophe. So yeah. you better protect the heck out of it.
1: Yeah. No, but I I, I don't. Uh, dislike your starting lineup. I just think that Gio Reyna he might be one of our most talented players as well he's still coming back from injury quite recently he's he's seemingly yeah. healthy but he also is young he has less experience at this point in my mind than Aaron so is
0: way away as young and is coming off an injury is a very similar player
1: yeah. I mean I guess not as much Aronson may actually have his Less experience if you want to talk about, you know, Reina's overall tenure at uh Bruce Dortmund. But you know, I just feel like he's just played so well the last year and a half and just is there and consistent that Gio has not that you have to start Brendan over him. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: So I don't think we disagree very much. No. Unfortunately.
1: Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey Dobbs yeah. is ready. Carmen. D, is any, so, okay. Who is, do you oh, think he's going to
0: make the call on? Is it going to be Tim Ream or is it going to be Aaron long? Or is it going to be some wild card? Ugh.
1: I think Who's it's, it's going to, I think it's absolutely going to be between Tim Ream and Aaron long. Yeah. I think the safe bet is Aaron long to your point, which is that he and Zimmerman have played next to each other for a while now. Right. They, yeah. and Zimmerman was also in and. and and long were at this like camp the last two weeks. Yeah. They've been and playing okay. together. So they've been the playing camp. together. I think that's especially against Wales, right? Where you want a little bit. And if it all of a sudden, is not working out of the gates, then you make a change. I think that's unfortunately what is probably going to happen.
0: I think I'm going to take that bet. This is our second bet. Oh yeah. Cause yeah. I think Tim Ream's going to start.
1: I wouldn't yeah. disagree with you there, but I'll take the bet anyway because yeah. that's what I do.
0: <laughs> Our other bet was how far the U.S. would go, right? Is that yeah. true? I For think so, podcast? yeah. I,
1: I said, good... said quarterfinals is the furthest we'll make I it. I think you said we wouldn't
0: get out of the group first, and then uh, you were like, then Carmen corrected you, the group, and then you said we'd get out of the group, and no, that no. was it.
1: That wasn't my prediction. Yeah. I said I could see us not getting out of the group, particularly if we lose to Wales. And yeah. I said if we beat Wales, everything's on the table.
0: But the bet really? was, I think, I. I you said they would go down in the second oh,
1: no, round. No, no, no. Our bet was against France making it to the semifinals. I said they would not get to the semifinals. That's oh. our bet. Really? It yeah, was okay.
3: somebody else besides the U.S. Because I did. Right, well yeah. You t- got to write
1: these things. I, down. Do have I already have this idea. clear in my head. It was France. <laughs> I would fir- At first, uh, I, at first, I was going to bet you they weren't going to make it out of the group, but France uh, is obviously going to make it out yeah. of the group. Their group is oh, so yeah, bad. It was, it was that. It yeah. was yeah.
0: France. Because and then, then Carmen uh-huh. told about It was you like Morocco. Yeah. yeah.
1: the spoon.
3: But <laughs> 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 I don't think you said.
0: We got to go back and run the tape because you definitely well,
1: said because I. I'm positive on this one. It was the. F- I
0: thought you said they wouldn't get to the
1: quarterfinal, well, to the semifinal. When we were talking about the U.S. men's national team, no. I wavered all over the place because I think it's yeah. what I, my I point it, my right. my point was is we're either going to be a disaster <laughs> or we'll do pretty solid, yeah. which will probably match the best we've ever done. I just don't. I think we have a ceiling, even though this is the best talent that we've ever had. I still think that ceiling for us is the quarterfinals
2: okay
3: i agree with that i don't think we get further than that
1: yeah i mean that would be a heck of a result it would set us up for 2026 i think that's where we need i don't to...
0: think we're even getting the quarterfinals even though i think our team should. now you
1: said different on the last podcast we're going to talk <laughs> about now we're going back to tape because <laughs> you also agreed we would get to the quarterfinals but i also said that would be our cap now I was all over the place.
0: Berhalter has really got me.
3: I've seen this squad now. <laughs> it really has thrown me. The roster. Uh, the, it, the roster is like
1: the... it's like picking out of like. But at the same time, wow. I didn't. A I didn't flyer. He,
0: Why did he take all those flyers? What uh, the?
1: Well, the, like we said, the, the, there's two only two really big shocks, right? Which is Stefan not going, and do we need PFOC? Right. So in terms of like people that you would bring, right, you're not saying we don't have somebody other than Zach Steffen or PFOC. That's like, yeah, that's a, true. A huge issue. So I'm also a getting a
0: bunch of people you'd never heard.
1: of. No, but I think people know who Haji Wright is. I mean, right.
3: Yeah. It's like, we know no. about them, but he didn't. I just Nobody feel like he,
1: knows yeah. who Haji Wright is. I, nobody okay he, like, well, best
3: friends with all these people maybe he bought them yeah. for like support moral support i for, think like, he <laughs> bought them off just like the whole, the
0: whole reason why the world cups and cutter for to begin with yeah by the way you know it is crazy they changed the whole name of their country for us right did. so it's cutter right it's been cutter for 20 years yep. or something but because they know americans can't pronounce it they're like Qatar. no well, or, really yes
1: <laughs> oh there's so many youtube videos on this by the way on how you pronounce guitar.
0: yeah but originally no originally but they've abandoned it for the for not just for the u.s for the whole world audience who doesn't know it's guitar guitar but it, that's not how you originally pronounce it it
1: was cutter yeah but it's got like a little bit of g it's like almost like a little quiet g so if in you there, go guitar. back
0: we should do this experiment if you go back they have an airlines right yeah cutter airlines mm-hmm. Right, And they've had commercials in really? the U.S. for like 20 years. If you go back 10 years to those commercials, they're like, fly, Cutter Airlines. And now they're like, fly, Kitar Airlines. They changed it.
1: So yeah. it's more of like a kit? I don't know. It's, it's, Which it's is what Americans Dave? can
0: say. It's Qatar. Well, or I finally cutter? learned how to say "cutter," and they changed it on me. Qatar, Qatar, Qatar. Yeah. That's that, exactly. Qatar. Qatar. That's it. <laughs> i going down to guitar.
1: Qatar. Qatar, <laughs> like a guitar. Yeah, Qatar. Yeah. All right.
0: That's exactly it. But that's not how you really pronounce it. That's how they only know mm-hmm. that foreigners can pronounce it. So it's Qatar Airlines. Yeah. Well. Now, when it used to be Cutter Airlines, it's weird. Oh man. They they I mean talk about sellout, they sold out the other so, country. They sold everything to get yeah, this well, right. <laughs> literally and everything. They put a lot of money in there too.
1: So Dave, we we talk a little bit about uh the US team that's going to the World Cup. That's exciting. It's been eight It's
0: better than not going to the World Cup. We eight should remind plus, eight so plus years
1: since we've been to a World Cup, right?
0: Yeah. Since we're playing this thing in the winter and the women have won like six World Cups in the guitar. last time since we've been to one. <laughs> Now,
1: what uh, we already talked about our picks for w- the winner, so we don't need to go over that. But MLS Cup happened. Uh, what was it last week? Yeah, weekend? there's
0: MLS Cup, and then there's a big MLS announcement for Atlanta United. Oh, is there? You know okay. this. Uh, I don't know that I know this. Yes, you do. <laughs> there's a big Atlanta United. Instead of building a statue where.
1: Oh, well. Well, correct, yeah. It feels like that's dated now, uh, a week later, but yes. That's a week. It's only been a week. Joseph Martinez yeah. is Goodbye. not going to be with the club. I To me, that was a shock because I just didn't think they would. Um, it's kinda... been a
0: bit under the radar. I bet not all podcast listeners know that, actually. Yeah, well, maybe not. Um, because they haven't, for for a good reason, they haven't announced it. They have basically leaked it um but nobody has come out and said it per se you know like they haven't made a big announcement because why would you they're they're gonna be hated for it
1: so what i find interesting right so they're buying out his contract i can only assume right which is they're eating the four the last year of the four million dollars in salary is that how this works dave yes um i know i'm supposed to know how the money works in the mls but so
0: yes you're allowed one buyout And you buy out the contract you know, a certain amount of whatever, and then they become an unrestricted free agent. Okay. So it's pretty simple. So we just eat the money. So, so we just Arthur eat, does
1: eat the money. So he was so poisonous to the club that we're just going to eat that money because he can't score anymore and we can replace. We he's, he's bad culture for the clubhouse cause he's flipping arrows come Pollo. And we're going to be able to find a better option than Joseph Martinez, who will probably score 20 goals next year with whatever team he's with.
0: To be fair, uh, we aren't necessarily just going to eat the contract. I am sure they're going to spend the entire off season trying to transfer. him, Right. But nobody's going to take him. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, and then, because you transfer him would have to be for a large transfer fee. Um, And I don't think anybody wants to pay a large transfer fee. So, it's possible we will get a small transfer fee i don't th- i think they'd rather eat the contract than take a small transfer fee
2: yeah
0: i'm sure some mls teams will offer a you know 500,000 you know transfer fee or something yeah right but it would be kind of embarrassing to take that yeah right so i think they would well, rather just eat really, the contract really it would
1: be embarrassing it. they are i mean they're in the most <laughs> embarrassing position of all time Now, what would be embarrassing about taking half a million dollars I would. Take I mean, they. Million dollars, yeah. but I mean, they owe. They owe I'm it. To the, Blank, they no. owe it to the fans who didn't even get to see Joseph start in the last no. NYFC game, where we knew that we weren't going to renew his contract. Pineda knew we weren't going to renew his contract, right. and they didn't even have the gumption to have him say goodbye gumption. to our fans at home. Are you kidding me? He's heating up.
2: He's on fire.
1: Gumption gumption (laughs) that's that's when you know you don't have darren eels in the front office to be like guys really like i know we're gonna part ways but you gotta you gotta put the guy out on the field and have him on the big screen so fans that came out on a beautiful day in atlanta can't just clap the guy that maybe this is his last game maybe even maybe even hint before that game that it's gonna be his last game so that people could actually you know, if you've already made the decision, then, you know,
0: to be fair, you can only do that if the guy is, you know, worthy of leaving and like going when it's controversial, when you don't know if he's still good, when he's only 29 still, you can't really do that. You yep. can't really have that send off. Right. So in, that's in fairness to them. I don't think you could do that, but um, that's the problem. Well, they think he's washed up. That's the problem.
1: <laughs> they think he's washed up. So of why course. not do the send off? Like you're done, you're not good enough for us the 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 club that would be awfully the, honest the guy that the guy that has been the fabric of the, the supporters group yeah the whole thing I mean it's unbelievable what just happened i mean it's un it's if this was any other like if this was you know even baseball or nFL like this is like such a big story that
0: well you know to be fair, it, there are. There are heroes at teams and there are really good reasons to move on. And the fans never want to move on. The fans want the player to die, you know, on the field. So uh, I get that, right? You know, um, there are times when you as an organization have to make the decision that the fans don't want for sentimental reasons, right? But I don't know if that's this case, right? He's 29 years old and he showed that he can still score goals. Where do you think he's going to go? I have a feeling that he's going to end up at another MLS team and he's going to score 20 goals.
1: I think so, too. Mm-hmm.
3: Sadly, yes.
1: Now, they're not going to put him in a competitive team.
0: Yeah, it depends on what team he goes to. If he went to LA, you know, FC, he'd probably score 30.
1: <laughs> yeah, he probably would. And, I mean, you got to imagine those teams are looking, being like yeah. – Especially if they can get him on the cheap, and Joseph will probably take it on the cheap just to, you know, give a little. <laughs> I mean, he's still making that four and a half million. Yeah, they're going to buy still that got out. That money. Yeah, he's
0: doubling his money.
1: So. All right, what else we got? Uh, oh, the MLS, MLS uh, Cup uh, Finals. Finals. Yeah. So speaking yeah. of the LA, LAFC, what a barn burner that was! What I supposedly and I didn't watch much of the first half. I watched the whole thing. Luckily, sounds like the first half was a little boring, but I tuned in, in the second half. No, it wasn't. Okay. I feel
3: like from start to no, finish. From was
0: start like... to finish, that thing was a barn burner.
1: Barn burner, but I didn't. It sounded like well, the goals didn't happen till the second half. Really. No, there were two goals in the first half. Were
2: there?
0: There were two goals in the first half, two goals in the second half, two goals in overtime. No, it was three three. <laughs> well, one, oh no, one, 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 one and one. I mean, yeah. sorry, yeah. one goal in the first half, one goal in the second half, one goal in the overtime. Yeah. for each two but i said two i meant one for each team gotcha
1: yep i'm with you so okay um who were you rooting for did you have a team that you were kind of pulling for is pretty no
0: i was rooting for a barn burner
3: which i got so (laughs) i think it made it better to watch did not have to cheer for it so every goal was awesome everything that happened. oh they're gonna epically blow it again and they did
0: yeah
1: (laughs) oh so what, what stood out in that game to you the most? I mean it was obviously supercharged. Uh the Justin Bieber in the crowd. Was he in the crowd? <laughs> yes, oh he yeah.
0: Was. He, was he was literally amongst the people drinking beer.
1: Will Farrell drinking out of the Did you know that Justin Bieber MLS is twenty one?
3: <laughs> How old is he now? He's to be kidding. like almost thirty, kidding.
0: right? <laughs> the bead. Uh, yeah, Will Farrell was there drinking with the crowd. I mean Yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. What what stood out to me is is the spectacle of it all. Right. It, it was an amazing crowd. It was you know, and they got screwed over. I don't know if you heard, but so the LAFC Stadium, which I have been to, not inside, but I've been to the outside. But um, it's right on the off the campus of University of Southern California, and U- University of Southern California has. Uh, Rose Bowl is their state, their football stadium, the enormous yeah. Rose Bowl. So and it has a huge parking lot. So basically, they built LAFC sort of in the parking lot. Um, and USC had a home football game. USC is a is a top ranked college yep. team, and <laughs> so they've already sold all the parking for the college football. So this MLS final, Mikey Dobbs had no parking, so-
1: zero. Does LA have parking to begin with, though?
0: Well, they normally do because they never they so normally. So these people don't. are
1: used to it, so they just have to figure it out.
0: Normally, they do have parking. They tailgate <laughs> and everything. They they said to the poor fans, "You cannot park." Period. And they had offsite shuttles and whatever, but oh, that crowd was—they came despite the fact they didn't get a parking yeah. spot, Mikey Dobbs. Now, so, like, go. I mean, talk about. I mean, and they showed up like that. Yeah. Now, it one thing
1: that I, I and I'm I feel like I'm not being a homer here, but they were touting this as the best MLS Cup final of all time. Yes. And yes. The the drama and everything built up. But like, I don't know, was that the 2018 Atlanta United game just in terms of like the mm. atmosphere of 72,000 people? Mm. I watched a YouTube video of somebody inside the stadium and I just saw the L.A fans like what was cool about the MLS 2018 final is even like the mainstream fans in the Atlanta United Ben stadium everybody was losing their heads i mean they were screaming like from oh, yeah. the start of the game to the end of the game i watched the youtube video of like just somebody casually going around during the game and it was pretty like it was a beautiful day like LA it was like people were just kind of doing their thing. And sure, when the goals happened, they were freaking out. But I don't know about that. Dude, I, I'm telling you. That's a Homer thing, I think. And what be. I will
0: say is that is that I think you're correct in saying that there's nothing that you could do, period, in LAFC Stadium to match what was at the Mercedes-Benz in 72,000 sold out loud, right? That was crazy. Right, but I think that crowd at LAFC was every bit as fired up as yep. as what was going on. The Benz. Okay. It's just that the crowd size was only thirty thousand.
1: So, talking to a few friends uh, about that two thousand eighteen, yeah, and this is why we do the podcast. We want to feel that again. Ugh. Like I, it's Amazing. very sad right now. Have we lost hope that we can ever replicate what happened in two thousand eighteen as Atlanta United fans? Or at best, are we hoping to get to 75% of what that evening represented in the MLS Cup final at Atlanta United? Can we? I mean, do you think that that's possible?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, what's it, you know, there's two sides to that answer, right? One is you say, look, we have definitely started to slip off in terms of attendance and atmosphere and everything. Um, and you know, you worry, will we get that back on a routine basis? I don't know, but at the flip side of that is despite the fact that we've been pretty awful on the field, we still have a really good turnout. The crowds have been high, you know, numbers have been high. So, I think you can see that glass half full or glass half empty. And I don't know the answer, you won't know the answer until we either do get better or we don't. If we get better, you'll find out whether or not we lost a little bit of that mojo or not.
1: Yeah, I mean. Given the trajectory we've been on, particularly the last two and a half years, I mean that graph is going down, and I don't see it going up i don't I don't see any signals that it's going up, do you
0: well, you know, you need the team I mean you know, as a New York Mets fan. <laughs> Uh, what I'll say is the Mets, you know, were terrible after you know they were won the World Series in '86 and they were terrible all the way for like 15 years. But um they got back don't, into
1: don't bring up the Mets as they new. got back into the D- National use League the final. Braves as example. No, but what
0: I was going to say is that the well, the reason example. why I was going to use this example is when the Mets finally got into the playoffs again for the first time in like 15 years or whatever. So the stadium, this was the old Shea Stadium, it held like 70000 67000 You know how many ticket people went in the lottery? Mm, don't know. Six million. Wow. So people said that fan base was dead. Yeah. It wasn't so dead. They could have yeah. sold out that
3: stadium. How many times? Yeah.
0: So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah.
3: I mean, Atlanta fans, we're, we, we're usually fair weather. But I feel like we come for Atlanta United. So if yeah. you get us a team, I feel like, the energy will come if back. If you build okay. it, they will.
0: Oh, like,
1: oh. Yes. I need that, Carmen. I need to know <laughs> that the energy can come back. I think it will. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, yeah, that same group that, you know, doesn't have another soccer team that lives here in Atlanta, you bring the talent on the field, you get results. If you win, we will come. But, yeah, I think if we keep losing, people are going to stop coming. I mean, to some degree. Not – It's going to keep trickling off.
0: Never, Mikey Dobbs. We'll still be there. We'll still be there. (laughs) Drinking our wild heaven beers. Damn straight. So, Dave, what else? I got one other stat from the final that they brought up that just astonished me. And I think we've talked a lot about on the podcast about, you know, this individual. So, the goalkeeper for Philadelphia Union, Andre Blake, Mm -hmm. who... Is not just the best goalkeeper in the MLS by far. I mean, I, to me is, is certainly a top 10 goalkeeper in the world.
1: You thought Philly had it locked after he made
0: that first save. Well, no, but uh, no, I'm not even going to go to that. What I'm going to say is that one of the things I realized, you know, we were talking about coaching and I'm like, Curtin has this crazy system and you're like, their defense has been so terrific. I'm actually now that I heard this stat and I know think about it more, not actually sure Curtin and the Philadelphia Union defense is so great. It might just be Andre Blake. You know how many here's a guess. Here's here's a trivia question of the day. Why like, isn't
1: he on the roster for the US Men's National? He's Jamaican. Jamaican. Wow, Jamaican. I know. I forgot about that. <laughs> I knew that. Sorry, that was yeah. a brain fart. Can't we but, buy him or something? No, yeah. I know, right? I mean We could naturalize him.
0: Honestly, nobody's already played for them, yeah. so you can't do that. Anyway,
1: there's no rules anymore about that shit. I'm, yes, there is. No, there's not. We could naturalize him. She's right.
0: No, I would, I would. no, you cannot. Could so, so you I don't can... know if
1: you know, but this whole thing's run by FIFA. If you give them <laughs> money, uh, we can get trail. Blake. <laughs> so,
0: just just so that we don't confuse people, the actual rule is. FIFA is totally agnostic. You can do anything you want. You can naturalize somebody by saying you are a citizen. You know, if the president says you're a citizen and they want to accept it, that's fine. But, but, and here's the big but, and I actually think it's the only dang thing that FIFA has gotten right, certainly in, in the last 30 years. They said that once you play a full international for any given team, you cannot switch countries so that you cannot show up for the world cup in one team and show up for the next world cup in another team and show up for the third world cup in a third team. Yeah. You can't be a mercenary. And I like that. Yep. I'm fine with anybody could be
1: anywhere. Yeah. yeah pick your colors. So. Yeah.
0: All right. Here's a trivia question. Okay. How many set piece goals has Andre Blake given up in the six years that he's been at Philadelphia Union?
1: So this counts corner kicks, uh, and yes. se- I don't
0: think it's corner kicks. I think it's just free kicks.
1: Okay, yeah, I don't think so, so but I just want to clarify that because yeah. that's a set. So piece. It, it's it's direct,
0: so it def- or they serve it in from a free kick, and you know somebody heads it in or whatever.
1: Right. right. So any So it's so of any free kick on the field. No throw ins yes. and no corner yes. kicks. Okay. Last six years. It's technically that he's been there. T- technically a throw in and corner kick are set pieces, right? hmm Okay. Um, in the last six years, six how years. many goals has he given up? First, as a corollary, wow. we say, how
0: many has Rios
1: Novo given yeah, up? Yeah,
0: right.
3: <laughs> I'm just even thinking of the one Gosh. where he was standing on the wrong side Six
1: yeah. years? Oh man, I, I mean I feel like th- what you're it's obviously got to be a good stat, right? So if he's only giving up one goal a season on set pieces, that would be like insane, right?
3: It would be. Would be insane. So
1: six is my answer. The answer is four. That's it double was insane. I remember <laughs> right? them saying that I when fell I fell off watching. my chair. Right? That's I yes. mean, six would have been a fall off your chair number, right? right? So four.
3: I thought Before. they were going to say that this season, yeah. and when they're for like, the season, six... I would have been right, You right?
1: even set me up to give you a silly number, yeah, and <laughs> there it's a are. ridiculous number. Yeah, okay. That's... I mean,
0: that guy is a ridiculous goalkeeper, and he probably. I mean, honestly, he probably saves a goal a game at least that another goalkeeper, an average goalkeeper, would say.
1: How is he not in Europe? I don't
0: know. Why That's is he still a Philadelphia Union? He's a top, in my opinion, a a top ten question. goalkeeper in the world. The only people I would have him behind is you know the the Edersons and the Allisons of the world. Yeah. Um, and honestly, shot stopping wise he's probably better than those guys. Yeah. I mean, he's amazing uh, guy and he just does it all the time. He never gives up goals. Right. And I know he gave up three goals in the final,
1: but um, you know, he, yeah. I mean, those were pretty hard to put on him. Oh yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, Gareth Bale from point blank. I mean,
0: and he got a hand to that one. Did you see yeah. that? I mean, yeah. I mean, he was going left Gareth Bale has it in the upper 90. He goes backwards and he got a hand to that. He almost saved that. Which would have been, oh, good God. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so what, you know, it's something that I've never considered because usually I think the goalkeeper, in terms of impact on the field, is pretty low, right? You know, that. So every time you always talk about, you know, the stat in baseball is wins above a replacement, right? So if you take the average in that league, the average goalkeeper in MLS, and you just replace it, what would it be? And I, and usually you think it might be a goal in a season. It's not much, yeah. right? Um, but Blake is probably, I mean, he's probably good for... It wouldn't surprise me if, if truly he was something like 12 or 15 goals over the average. I mean.
3: I would say that. It's
0: yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it is ridiculous. And if you take that off of Philadelphia Union, Philadelphia Union is suddenly an average team. Maybe like, I think they're still a playoff team, but barely. Amazing. That
1: is an amazing stat. He's
0: incredible. He's a god between the posts. I mean, holy cannoli. So Dave,
1: anything to circle back on, on World Cup, U.S. Men's National Team, MLS Cup Final? The it,
0: MLS Cup Final, I have to say, was pure joy for me. I mean, you know, it shows you the where the league has come, that as a neutral, you can tune in and see two teams playing quality f- football, attractive, an epic game, an absolutely epic game with drama, the whole thing, and... Despite the, you know, the injury and the long stoppage for that or whatever, there wasn't a lot of shenanigans in the final. There weren't people like going down not super unnecessarily. It was a pretty well-played game. It was drama. The stands were nuts. I mean, it was everything you'd want to see. I mean, to me, you know, the next step in terms of when you will say that MLS has made it is you know, will, you know, neutrals turn out to see MLS yeah. Cup final? Because, you know, unlike basketball, it's got a seven-game series and, and baseball is a seven-game series, you know, Super Bowl is one game and lots of people tune into it no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. MLS Cup final is one game also. And, and World Cup, everybody tunes into. The average, even American now, watches the World Cup, right? So the World Cup final. So the question is, how far will MLS final go where literally will neutrals turn into it? And
1: if they keep doing that. Yeah, and well, look, I think that's part of MLS's strategy to get teams in every major market across the U.S. So while it's hard for us to care about what's going on at uh, Columbus Crew or same way you are with the NFL, you know the players on Columbus Crew or Philadelphia Union I think in you know four years, I think you and I, who are obviously on the on the far end of doing a podcast on Atlanta United MLS, like we struggle to know many of the names on almost any for sure. You know, other MLS team, right? But I'm curious where that will be in our minds, uh, you know, as trendsetters to, to to follow the league four years from now. When again, US. We'll be playing in the World Cup on our home turf. Home on, soil. Or We're in North America anyway. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to be optimistic and about. And I MLS.
0: do think people are going to get excited for the League's Cup. I think that I mean, is a sleeper. It is a total sleeper yeah. right now out there. It's a sleeper, people for sure. People are going to be no, – you know, people have no idea that it exists.
1: Yeah, no one does. I think it's such a smart move between – Le- Liga MX, who is a league that needs as much exposure as possible right yeah. now, they're on the they're on the decline. MLS is on the up, so that's a win win. Mean,
0: if you think about like the Gold Cup, which is the Concacaf you know championship yeah. for national teams, um, which is a pretty poor tournament. It's basically yeah. us and Mexico every time, right? That final, um, at least amongst American soccer fans, has become a big deal, right? Like most people tune into it, even though it's for nothing, right? It's like yeah. it's the Gold Cup, right? Yeah. But you know, the league cup is that times a thousand because every game is between two good teams. It's not
1: yeah, worthless. It's going to be really interesting. So,
0: I think that's going to be and you got to figure the final for that's going to be bigger than the gold cup for yep. sure.
1: So, I think we've talked about it all, Dave. I think we have. And uh hopefully and between now and I don't know, maybe one of the the U.S. men's national team games. We're talking to Sam Stokes, who does a podcast on Yank Report. He does a lot of conversation on the U.S. men's national team as well. Yeah. At least nice enough in the the Twitter handle to say he may come on as a guest. So we just need to coordinate some dates. I like it. Either in our next podcast or an upcoming podcast, we'll get him on and get his take on the U.S. men's national team and wherever we are at that stage. So, Yep. Stay tuned, people. Take care. All right. Thanks.